Yup Beer, made with all natural ingredients and only $1.85 a can. Available in over 200 locations across Ontario. Visit yupbeer.com to find a store near you. Episode 19 of the Down by Two podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Elijah. To my right, as always, Mikey Fulmer, Michael. Michael. How are ya? Ladies. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> new year, new me. I'm ready new, to rock. Look at us go, yo. And and man, we got a, we got a special guest on the show with us here today. Our boy George Lambraco is actually kicking it, kicking it off with us on our intro. George, how you doing, my man? Yo, what up, boys? Doing Yo, well. No Yo, complaints. good to have you, my man. Yeah. And uh, and man, can't be doing this without our producer Jesse McKay, aka Birdman. How you doing, bro? Good. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. How are you, sir? Hello. Yo. Hi. How are you? You made it. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds to like episode some... two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like like fucking Amazon, like Alexa. Hello, hi, how are you? Set a timer for two minutes and forty five seconds. <laughs> Good to have you boys life? back. Yo, how how was everyone's holidays? Uh, you guys, you guys enjoy the holidays? It's been a minute. They're fantastic. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're great for me. I'll just say this before we get started here. Last sure. Ep- last episode, we started with uh, some holiday cheer, and I just want to say. This episode, we could start with happy recovery, boys. We're all <sighs> feeling nice. We're feeling good. We're feeling yeah. healthy. Yeah, this is the worst fucking Christmas ever. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, when I say they were good, they were brutal. Oh, yeah, you, you, it was great. It was fucking brutal. We all got the vid. It fucking sucked. Josh went to a big bender right? and fucking came back. How and was your holidays? I'm like, I know how your vid. holidays went. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legit lockdown straight through the fucking holidays. Bleeding yeah. livers. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. It was dark. It was the darkest holidays probably I've, I can recall. Yeah, it's it sucks. Yeah. Like, man. It was like the Great Depression. I swear, maybe, did everyone have that sense where it was just everything was weird? I was healthy and shitty? I felt like that. Yeah. It just wasn't <laughs> nice. just wasn't great. Man, George is so about the vid. He went and got it twice. Yeah. Hit's so nice, you got to get it twice. <laughs> just exist. I am COVID now. Yeah. You are the antibody. You got to make a Marvel movie out of you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it was it was fucking dark. It it really did suck. I mean, getting it right before Christmas and then having to give it to to you know the old lady as well, and just being locked down. And then it's just like, well, there's nothing to do. Like we have to stay quarantined in home uh, at our house, and uh, all you got to do is uh, all you can do really is drink your face off. And I'm not sure if that's really good if you're in recovery. So it was just. A I mean, I enjoyed it. The, the daily drink <laughs> updates was pretty nice. I was kind of disappointed. Every day, you just stop. convinced you have the COVID, man. Right? 
I was I was trying to do this thing on Instagram where it's just like, oh, Josh's cocktail of the day, and then I just got lazy. I'm like, just a 14 ounce of wine. That's, like, <laughs> that's my special cocktail of the day. It's just a fucking magnum. Yeah, started off with good energy though the first day or two. There was also like by four o'clock, it was Josh's fifth cocktail of the day. It was like it kept getting earlier and earlier. <laughs> yeah, this is not even going to sleep at proper times. It's just like this is 48 hours in a row right now. I'm fucking schlicked. Yeah, drink it away, baby. Drink it away. Yeah. But aside from that, you know, we're, we're out of the dark days of December and uh, into the even darker days of January. You know, all it's just everything's locked down. Dougie can't figure it out. But you know what we can figure out is uh, how how fucking awesome of a show this was. Uh, and uh, Georgie Boy bringing on uh, a, a very special guest uh, coming in from his own pipeline on this one. Georgie bringing the heat. You bringing the heat. Uh, we had uh, Sportsnet's JD Bunkus on the show. Uh, recognize him from uh, his former show, Good Show, uh, with Ben Ennis, and uh, and now on the Fan Morning Show for the Fan Five Ninety. Man, what a treat! What a fucking treat to have that guy. Ooh, loved it. Yeah, that guy's he's a beauty. I love it how he's just his vibe is like one of us in that sense. Where yeah, you know, you, I, you, it's so relatable, right? Like yeah. you, you're you're just chatting with your with your boys having a beer talking Mm -hmm. sports and yelling at each other and calling each other idiots basically. (laughs) And that's (laughs) all while still having a really dialed in uh, perspective on nearly everything he's talked about. He had fucking the Leafs, the Raptors, who else he talked about that he was just on point. He fucking ripped apart my Rams, but he was on point with it too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Was he wrong? I don't know. (laughs) No, I mean like, I'm like, damn, this is really, this is the truth. I don't want to hear, but I think you're right. (laughs) (sighs) It was the aspiring lawyer in him. He had that uh, GM mentality where he, he had his visions on, on those organizations. Yeah, no, it was good. It it was just it was a treat to have him on because you know we try and create that, and I hope our listeners get that uh, from what we try to do here down by two is is literally just try and bring you into our room, into this back room of of us just talking shit and talking sports and having having fun drinking beers, and then you know having him on the show, and then when he's just like, hey boys, I'm gonna have a beer too with you, it's like fuck yeah. That's what we're looking for. We just want to be able to invite you into our space and be able to, you know, really make you feel like you're in the same room. And that's what he brings on a day to day basis, um, you know, with the morning show and with good show as well. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely great to have him on uh, on our show. Uh, but other than that, I mean, um, you know, a lot's going on around the league, uh, you know, wh- whether or not it's NHL or NBA, NFL, you know, we're getting close to Super Bowl by this time that we have this release next week. We'll have a better idea of AFC and NFC championships um any any um any kind of thoughts going into super bowl i know that we were talking about a bit of picks but any sort of storylines that we need to look out for Uh, i don't think so i'm excited for uh for this wild card weekend here our divisional matchups we just finished up wild card weekend we have some real good matchups though uh two games saturday two games sunday gonna have a lot of yups and uh Definitely maybe a, a couple. Maybe, maybe load up the Bodog account. See some. Uh, oh, mine's loaded and ready to go. I, I I see some cases over there ready to get cracked open. But load up the ups and load up the Bodog account. Oh. That sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a good Saturday oh. Sunday. Pimp me. Whoa. Um, couple yups over there. Couple Fuck. yups. Talk about yeah, one nice. two forty eight ready to go. <laughs> I didn't see those over there till right now. Fuck, that's nice. <laughs> I know you boys have your allegiance and Josh. You got your team in the playoffs, but like. I really want to see the Bills do something. I, I don't know if it's just for the armpit of of that city, just 
for those people jumping into tables and stuff like that. For those people. Those, those table jumpers, those creatures. <laughs> yeah. George is going to get canceled. The oh, armpit no. of that. Oh, I just want to see the armpit party and jump through as many tables as possible. Yeah. Oh, Bill's Mafia Who does is a riot. They need I mean, it, like, man. Yeah, they need they- it. I mean, yeah, I fucking, I, I wish I had the balls to be able to jump off of two-story building and into a fucking foldable table. It that just sounds like fire. a lot of fun, but it sounds like a different breed altogether. Bunch um, of Mick, bunch of Mick Foley's. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe no if we were it. ten years younger, man. You know what? It's just I just know, like, regardless of what happens, this episode will be released after the the Bills and Chiefs game. But no, regardless, I like I've I gun to my head. Chiefs. I think Chiefs are going to win that game. I think you can take them on the spread. But I'm going to bet the Bills because I know wherever I'm at, I'm going to be watching with Bills fans. I want to be the one asshole that's actually cheering for the Chiefs. I really want to see the Bills pull it out. And so I'm I'm, I'm going to bet with my heart on that one. I, I'm, I'm rooting for it. I mean, fuck, it would be amazing to see a Bills-Rams uh, Super Bowl, even though that ain't going to happen, I don't think. I think it's going to be... Um, uh, we're looking at Chiefs and Packers, and I think that's you know pretty well set across the table. But really want to see the Bills, really, really do. It's not a long shot to see the Bills knock off the Chiefs. So they are playing serious ball right now. But I mean, you never know. Battle tested Chiefs. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. We will see. We will see. But uh, we're going to kick it over to uh, our guest for episode 19, J.D. Bunkus from Sportsnet, the fan morning show and good show. Uh, J.D. Bunkus on our show, uh, the Down by Two podcast. Here it is coming in hot. Another very special guest on the show with us today. This one's actually coming in from uh, Georgie Boy's Pipeline, uh, if you will. Uh, former host of Good Show and now host of Fan Morning Show on the Fan 590 Sportsnet, uh, J.D. Bunkus in the house today. J.D., how you doing, my man? Good, boys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, George's Pipeline. Who else is on George's Pipeline? Like, you went from Duffy to me is a huge drop off. <laughs> <laughs> yo, Duffy was all me, but uh, yo, George has come through with us for uh, for definitely some good leads to come on the show. We had uh, Ben Badler from Baseball America oh, yeah. on the show. So, I mean, yeah, for an intern, he's doing all right. Doing okay. Yeah, all right. You think you're going <laughs> to get a what? You think you're going to get a gig? I got to get a player, then then I'll get hired. Yeah, then we'll start it. talking. We'll start yeah. co- talking contracts. Yeah, you know, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll give you. We'll give you. It sucks for yeah. me because like I went to Carlton as well, and my initial mm-hmm. like I'm also JD, but like he's got all the corners. He's like I'm the Carlton guy. I'm like okay, cool. He's like I, I'm the JD. Like, all right. I'm just there, like he, I don't even think he knows I exist. Straight up, <laughs> oh, no. no, man, you're Sportsnet's answer to JD. To, to, uh, I would say that like, we're, like I love gambling, right? Like I would say that it's. Oh, sure. I think it's like plus five hundred, plus five fifty that James Duffy knows who I am. Like his answer would have been <laughs> plus five fifty. Oh man, that money line sucks. That's tough. <laughs> I'd be blown away. I'd be absolutely fucking blown away. 
you know what? Maybe we got to get get you guys on the same episode and then do a formal yeah, formal me. introduction. Ooh, yeah. yeah. You know what? I've I've been known to be able to move some pieces in this industry. Yeah, so. That's right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, man, well it's great to have you, JD, on the show, and Georgie Boy, as always. Thanks for jumping on as well. Um, let's let's jump into it. I've I've done a bit of research. Obviously, listened to you a bit on the air. Did a bit of research, uh, and when I say that, I mean I checked out your Twitter. Uh, but from uh, from the Yukon, my man, like let's start there. We like to start off with, you know, where where it all started from, and for you, it was from the Yukon. Uh, yeah, I like my parents were teachers, and so they could get jobs there. okay and that's that's how they ended up there they were both they were both gym teachers too so that's i guess where the the sports side of this kind of comes from Mm. is that both of them were physical educators and so uh yeah i was just one of those kids that was constantly raised with you got to play every sport you got to be outside there was like a time limit we never had video games we just didn't even like i don't think we had cable for a really long time but it was just like outside play 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 sports 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 so just even from like a young age even like the tv that i did get to watch was my dad was a huge Leafs fan, yeah, huge Boston Celtics fan, uh, and my mom was just like a, a coach. She coached everything, and so uh, being from there was great because there's not a lot of people, so you got to play every sport and actually mm-hmm. make a team. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so sure. that was basically it. What sports did you play when uh, when you were younger? Oh, I, I I grew up playing mostly basketball, hockey, volleyball. Those yeah. are the three big ones for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, not a big deal. Made Team Yukon in all three boys. Like you're talking oh, about. Oh, let's go. That's yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love all it. right. Just you're in the presence of a Mustang three times. Old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I feel yeah, Population of 30,000. I went to a high school of 500. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Let's deal. go. Athlete that's here huge. in grade seven. Uh, tied. Tied the award with a guy named Dan. Tied. First tie ever, pretty big. Oh, damn, well, fuck Dan. It's all you, baby. That's sick. You accumulated so- points too. That's how you won athlete of the year. It was. It wasn't even like you were the shit. It was. Did you play the most sports? So this guy racked up points with like he did badminton. He did. You know, he, he tied athlete. Oh yeah. With this <laughs> accumulation of points, I was. It was. I was angry. I hated it. It was a disgraceful <laughs> award. It pissed me off. <laughs> that's hilarious oh man and so yeah i guess i mean obviously when it came to you know it's competition in in the yukon or whatnot and and just when it comes to opportunities uh, when did you uh decide to make that move down to toronto so i went to carlton uh yeah. and like whitehorse is I, I love whitehorse but it's funny once you start to become like Really, sports was what is eye-opening in terms of how small you are, right? If you're from a small town, like, are you guys all from Toronto? I'm actually from the city. Same with George as well. Yeah, you're your city. Yeah. 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 You guys fascinate me. Like, it's like, even still, I'll be on the subway. I'll see some, like, eight-year-old on the subway. I'm like, what? Sorry. Small town. lost? Oh, my God. Like, I just, it's, it's, you see them there with their backpack. There's one raisin another that's even smaller. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I've been in Toronto for over a decade. Yeah, they have adult bus bus passes and everything. Yeah, like, so I've mean, like, doing this before. Yeah, I'm so mature. They like, <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of them. You're asking them for directions. <laughs> but uh, you don't really realize how remote and small the place you're from is until you get older, right? You just think it's normal. You just think you have a normal childhood. 
uh, everything is the same. You play sports. Your cousin in Ontario plays sports, right? You like this band. They like that band. You have a lot of the same movie interests. All that shit is the same. And then what really happens is uh, you start to travel with sports. And it happens other ways for other people, but for me anyways. And we would do stuff like, oh, we're Team UConn. We're going to go in. We got the best of the best, boys. We're going to head into a tournament. And then you go to somewhere in Alberta, and they beat you like by 100 fucking points in basketball. And you're like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's just a high school here. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's not even one of the good teams. And they just destroyed us. I'll never forget. I had so much shame as a kid. We went up to Alaska for a hockey tournament once. Mm-hmm. And we thought we were going to murder them because they were Americans and we were Canadians. We were like, oh. It's gonna be a bloodbath. Canada going up to America, and we go up to like Anchorage, and 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 there's like two hundred fifty thousand people there. We're from a place of thirty thousand, and again, <laughs> great beating. Just you know, I, and I'm a goalie. I'm letting in like eleven goals, and you're just going to the bench. Like, when will I come out? They're like, never, never. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually playing better than we thought. Yeah, yeah. Still in that net. <laughs> no, we're not sending in some. The guy on the bench is worse than you. What do you think? Like, it's that's incredible. Happening. So oh, man. I, I came down to Carleton um, after I graduated high school. I actually spent a year in Ontario when my folks divorced, uh, like in, when I was in grade 11. So I, I did a year in Ontario, uh, which was great, which uh, I loved Ontario. I just went back to Yukon, wanted to graduate with my friends, small town, small pack yeah. kind of thing. Plus there was a, uh, yeah, like actual financial incentive because we don't have a university in the Yukon. So God, if you graduate yeah. from there, they, the government has to give you money if you're going to go to school. So, wow. um, I go to Carlton and it's a blast and I loved it. And it was truly like some of the best times of my life. Uh, I didn't take my academics the most seriously. <laughs> so, uh, I kind of realized that there's more to becoming a lawyer than just you can yap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. They're like, no, you got to read and you got to like take what you read and, and apply it to things. I was like, well, seriously. But- that's the end of this. <laughs> yeah. so, so I, I took a shot on a sports journalism program here gotcha. in Toronto. That's yeah, that my next question. And, yeah. and I honestly kind of thought that that was going to be bullshit. I thought that that was going to be a complete fuck around. Um, like I, in my eyes, it was you make it into sports media. If you're a former athlete and, or you're a former executive or agent or something, right? It's kind of like that for, for Humber College and taking the stand-up comedy course, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck, did you take that? No. Oh, I was going to say that. No, no, no. That is... <laughs> I just love, love giving away money. He's like, how to be funny? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> People Yikes. Like, That's I, three years I, down like, the drain. You guys should do that. You should definitely start a course. Like, hey, we work in comedy and we'll get you in the door. Like, that's criminal, but. Oh, yeah. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I would definitely want to blacklist myself from a bunch of shows across the country. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought sports journalism program was, too, right? And in some ways, like, not to shit on it, but in some ways, it's kind of a crooked industry because they take advantage of a lot of young people. And there's a lot of just like internships and false promises and, and you really got to grind and make your own way. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I admire stuff like this that you guys are doing where it's just like, Hey, we ended up uh, wanting to find a way to express ourselves. And we just did it because I actually think that this is the way to do it. Now there's no more gatekeeper bullshit of you have to be in a traditional media place or all this other stuff. Like just look at what's hitting right now. It's just stuff that's actually real and stuff exactly. that's authentic and that actually comes from a place of passion, not a place of, 
oh, well, we threw this bullshit show together. And so it just works because we have this airwave or we have this channel. It's like, right. that's dead shit. Like that's totally dead. So, um, yeah, I, I finished up at Carlton. I came to Toronto and like pretty quickly, I just, I started to meet people and some guys around the industry, like Shy Davidi and, uh, Ryan Walsh. Shy Davidi. Yeah. Producer at primetime at the time. They just sort of, uh, told me that they thought I could make it in this market. I thought I was going to go to a small market because that used to be the way that everyone would say. They would go, you got to go somewhere small so you can do a lot and build up a resume and then Toronto will come calling. And I just That was kind of the way that things used to operate. Kind of, but also, again, like I've never really liked when someone told me that this is the way that something has to get done. Mm -hmm. Like I just, whenever someone tells me that, I'm usually like, oh, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, yeah, there's more than one way. And so that was pretty much it for me in Toronto was people like, oh, you don't really start off with a media gig in Toronto. And it was a bit of a grind. Like, you know, I just realized that I graduated from that program 10 years ago this year. Wow. So it's been a while, man. I was class of 2012, which is oof, dark. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, like you, it, it's a grind in this business for sure. It takes a while to get stuff done. And everybody compares themselves to like overnight sensations. But even those usually have some kind of a foundation you didn't end up seeing. And so, yeah, this is like a long-winded, weird answer. Right? No, no, not at all. No, it's and, great. Uh, love it. I definitely <laughs> agree with hey, a lot JD, of how was school? I'm like, oh, and then I went. <laughs> it was dark. <laughs> I don't want to talk about oh, 2012. Oh, definitely, it, it seems like a long time ago, but it actually, it, it really wasn't that too long ago. Like, it's, uh, it is pretty crazy. And you know what? It, you, you are right. And I, I can relate a lot with what you're saying. Like, even getting started in stand-up comedy, I didn't know um how to be able to you know just when you're just not going to walk on yuck yuck stage and all of a sudden they're going to sign you and start touring around like you got to build and put that sort of that effort in behind the scenes and for me i didn't even know where to start so i literally just walked into a bar and asked them if i could start doing a weekly show there and then they actually for whatever fucking reason said yes and uh that's how kind of how i built my chops so it's the same sort of thing like you have to put a lot of work behind the scenes right but also like Think about how many different stand-ups have different journeys to where they got to, right? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. how like how many different styles there are even. Oh, and of course. Just, and so for me, it's just, again, not one path. The only shared commonality is if you want to be great at something, you do have to put in the time. Of course. And it's like everybody puts it down as like, I remember that, what was that Malcolm Gladwell book where he gave the 10,000 hours? Outliers. Yeah. Like, oh, he wrote Outliers and then everyone thought, okay, uh, that's the way to be. It, it feels like we forgot about that 10,000 hours thing in the era of Twitter, Instagram, tw- TikTok, overnight sensation, five seconds of fame, somebody like, yeah. God, I hope this doesn't, I hope this isn't rude. But like, remember when they gave fucking dark guy a show? I'm really not trying to throw shit. I'm sure he's like a sick guy. I've heard like everybody say he's a nice guy. And I know he mm-hmm. loves the game because he, he's, he's spent a lot of time around hockey. But yeah, you can't just be a guy with face paint on and be awesome at radio. What do you think is going to happen? Next thing you know, yeah. he's sitting next to Shapiro. Like it's <laughs> like, there's no longevity with that kind of stuff, you know. Like, I mean, that is not a true a- overnight celebrity. Like that's overnight yeah, yeah. fame. Like I don't think that he's been putting in the work unless it's just like actually the work is showing up to Leafs games with face paint on. So like fair. Uh, I but mean, but it's a novelty at the end of the day, right? Like 
novelties get old. Some people use that opportunity and they turn it into something. So it's not like that can never be the case. Yeah. But I I just think that there's this, there's this belief amongst people that like, that's how you get a break is you have the one moment and it's like, nah, most successful people build it up over a course of just rep after rep after rep and like eating shit and eating shit and eating shit. And, you know, I was stoked to talk to you guys today because Mm -hmm. it's just like, Again, most of the podcasts, I don't only listen to sports podcasts. I mostly only listen to comics um, and uh, like history stuff, but mostly mm-hmm. stand up comedians. And I, I think that you really do hear from almost every single comic that the best thing for them is eating shit. Oh, it yeah. Reps where you go and eat total shit and the ability to go into a room and work out your new material and work on it over and over and over and over and nitpick at it and refine it and just eat the shit, eat the shit, eat the shit and trust that there's something to it, right? Have that core self-belief that Absolutely. you can make it work. And and I think that applies to media too. And I think that's why I'm always attracted to that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same thing to me is you need to be able to eat the shit. You need to be able to go put yourself out there. You need to be able to accept that not everything's going to be a hit and that mm-hmm. you have to be vulnerable sometimes. And then trust that eventually all that shit eating is going to end up in something quality, something good. So that I think that's what it's all about. Correct. And I, I completely agree with you on that. Obviously, like, I, man, I fucking bombed. Anytime someone asks me, is like, oh, man, have you ever bombed? Have you ever eaten shit before? It's like, fuck yeah. Like, I, I do it all the time. It happens all the time, especially if you're working out new stuff. But the difference, I think, between someone like me, like just going and doing stand-up, uh, is that I get gyms that I can go work stuff out on. You know what I mean? Like, I get the open mics. And whereas for you, for example, like if you're trying like a new take or if you got a new even bit or a new quip that you're throwing in uh, on one of your segments, it's kind of like a one and done. Like, it's got a hit or it doesn't. Am I wrong when I assume that? Or, is, or do you have another take on that? I, I just think that more for the reps, though, is that it's like yeah, uh, coming up especially was I did, I did a podcast for years that nobody listened to, you know, Mm. I did late night radio shows that would go until three o'clock in the morning. And I knew that I'd I'd be talking to like three truckers, you know? And (laughs) to me, that was the way that, um, I, like, I just, I think that's best is you build yourself up, you build up yourself as a broadcaster, over long terms. Yeah, TPY, sure. you know, I, I talk to students sometimes and they're always like, Oh, could you retweet my podcast? I'm like, you don't fucking want me to retweet your podcast. You suck ass. Like you don't <laughs> want anybody to hear this because they're going to never listen to you again. It's fucking terrible. Like live in the darkness right now. You got to be like, Bane. like I was born in the darkness. Like, <laughs> down in the fucking pit, just grinding and doing pushups for a that's long it. time. Yo, yeah. amen to that. Mask on. Like, and so I think that's more of it for me is, is you got to keep those reps up. So for me, it's, you know, you do a four hour show. I still try to extend myself into other content places now, but mm-hmm. I think that's the one for me is when you're trying to build that up and you're trying to become who you are, cause it is one and done for me, but I feel way more comfortable as myself because I've spent 10 billion hours talking at this point. Yeah. Like absolutely. I kind of know what's. I don't know always what's going to work. Not everything's going to be a hit. Sometimes I think something's funny. It's not something. Sometimes I think something's going to be insightful or unique and it's not. Mm-hmm. That's actually the worst is when you think you have something. It's like a really good take or really unique take. Yeah. And then, uh, and it falls flat. Uh, either it falls flat or some, uh, everybody else had it. 
You know, everyone yeah. else has it and you go, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> like that every, everyone saw it the same way. Fuck. All right. Well, now I kind of want to spin it and be a contrarian, but it, it takes that time. It just, it Bloody takes those reps. And, and I think that's what it is. So when it comes to like trying new material now, I think for me, it's just, it, it's just expanding on what you already have. So mm-hmm. you, you built all this stuff up, you used all these reps to get to where you are, but yeah. then it's about taking those risks to try and get better and to try to continue to evolve. Cause I think the people who stay stagnant, it's the same thing where you're not thinking about getting better. You think you're a finished product than, than you are. And like, that's then where do you go? Yeah. Right. And you know, I can totally relate to that as well. I mean, like just even, even talking about working on what you have, like I have some jokes that I've been working on for six years and they're obviously different from like when I first started doing them, but now they're like that bit that started off as like a two to three minute bit is now turned into like a monster 10 minute bit. So, um, it's, it's all about building on what you have and putting in that grind and, uh, just to like segue into that because you've obviously put it in the reps and you put in the work and then you ended up getting your show with Ben Ennis and, uh, with the good show, with good show. So, uh, how did that even come to be where you actually got your shot? So when I first met Ben, I thought he was such a fucking bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I okay. hated him. I hated yeah. his nuts. He came in and, and he was already doing some Love TV it. stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and he just seemed like a guy who thought his shit didn't stink and oh, yeah, would yeah. sort of walk around. And it, it's, it's just we're different guys. And I didn't know that at the time. I'm pretty outgoing when I, if I'm new in a room, I usually will sit back and, and wait and, and get a feel for it and then jump in. But usually with people, I'm, I'm pretty outgoing. I'll try to introduce myself. I'll try to see what they're about. Mm-hmm. Just something, just some bullshit, some small talk, especially if uh, it's a person who I'm established and they're new, then yeah. I always want to try to make that person comfortable like right away, or at least let them feel welcomed and, and not have them have to sit on the edge, just terrified and yeah. I, a new intern comes in the building. I'm going to be the person who asks you who you are. Ben is not that guy. Ben is just doesn't give a shit. Like he's doing his own thing. He's mm-hmm. he's worried about. I don't. I shouldn't say he's worried about himself because like he does care about other people, but he's not outgoing like that. And okay. I just thought he was this super confident, like loved himself guy. And we were forced to work together when he was produ- when he was hosting some late night radio shows, and I was producing him. And it actually became super apparent that we had a lot in common and we used to just kind of bullshit for a couple of years while I was a producer and he was a late night host about content ideas and things we wanted to do and mm. things we wanted to pitch up to Sportsnet and things that we thought would be just really good ideas. The problem with a big place like where I work is that it doesn't move really fast. You can pitch yeah. stuff. But they're not going to give you those resources usually, especially if you're at the bottom end of things. It's why, again, I do recommend to people who have like really good ideas or starting off. It's like, don't go start off somewhere. If you have a really good idea, do it independently to start and then try to get bought by those places if you ever want to get the bag. Um, but with Ben, we just we we had a lot of uh, just mutual interests mm-hmm. and visions for the way content was going. We were both really big early podcast guys. And we didn't really like the way that traditional media sounded. And and I don't think that we're like pioneers or anything, but when we started good show, um, I had gotten an offer to do a radio show out in Vancouver. That was my first kind of big break. And I didn't want to do it because I wanted to work with Ben. The only thing was, is I didn't have the assurance that I was going to get the job in Toronto. So it was pretty risky because I wasn't making very much money 
and I got offered more to be in Vancouver and it was a major market. Mm. But I just, I didn't see myself as a Vancouver guy. Like I'm from out West. I know that place. And I, I didn't think that I was going to fit the vibe. Plus they're, they're like deep entrenched in their own people, you know, and they're like, Oh, are you real Canucks fan? Show us your stamps. Whereas Toronto is more of an immigrant city in that, you know, you meet people from everywhere and they're just like, yeah, I'm from Toronto. And you're like, yeah, okay. You are, you know, like, uh, do you agree with that? Right. I do. I'm in, I'm in Vancouver now and there's just a, sense of softness in the air constantly that i can't handle (laughs) yeah i am yeah moved moved and migrated two years ago so you wear that shit only inside then because you're probably not wearing that (laughs) well dude i I go to vancouver canucks games and whatever opposite jersey i have in my closet i will wear it just to spike them out of pure anger (laughs) i'm going to a coyotes game i'm rocking the i'm rocking yeah so it's going it's going you're big into the flames now (laughs) (laughs) any any opposite jersey i have because yeah. they're just so caught up in how angry they are about everyone else. And I'm like, you realize that no one gives a shit about the Vancouver Canucks. And you guys are just sour about everyone else. Nobody <laughs> yeah. out east is staying up to watch you guys suck at 10 o'clock at night. Exactly. Yeah. Elias Pettersson was exciting in his yeah. first year. And now we don't give a shit. Now he's just a soft guy getting bought yeah. in the corner. Oh, my catch me up that late at night if I got money on it. So <laughs> yeah, I, I work in sports and... It's like I just found out Elias Pettersson scored no goals. I'm like, oh, yeah. is that so? who cares? <laughs> like, wow, really interesting. Okay, I guess you guys are just gonna eat your own out there. Yeah, they're sour. I don't get it. I, I don't, like, I, is it the weather? Like, I don't know. It's just there's like a God. I'm gonna get in trouble for this. Just shitting all over Vancouver. Contentiousness <laughs> to Vancouver. Like they, it almost feels yeah. like they expect the rest of Canada to kiss their ass and be like. We're the jewel of the country. Look, at them, like, uh, why? Like, why are you the jewel? They're like, because it's so pretty here. I'm like, all right. Sometimes, most of the times, it's it rains every day. day. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Day. all right, sick, sick, gray day again, Vancouver. Like, wow, yeah. amazing. One um, month of sunshine. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really it's, get it. There's just it's like day. a passive aggressive, weird pretentiousness that absolutely does exist. I, yeah. I, I, I feel it sometimes. I'm like, I'm gonna. I'm going to kill somebody right now. (laughs) George loved it so much. He moved directly there at at the Moxie's. Someone will die. Yeah. You can't can't eat any food because you got to be in crazy shape. You got to be able to wear athletic, athletic leisure, at leisure brands, Patagonia or bust. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You got to do Klaus grind. Like you got to be drinking whatever fancy $12 drink is out there. Like it's just weird. I, I, a lot of people are like, yes, more of that. Yeah, exactly. They're like, let's all be the exact same person. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. My buddy Adam, it's his favorite place on earth. And that's, uh, he fits right in there. Yeah. No kidding. Especially if you know people like that. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is, Vancouver. But yeah, Yeah. I stayed here. We digress. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I can't wait till this ends up being like JD shits on dark guy, Vancouver. (laughs) 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 Who else is next? We're going to splice them all together right after the other. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is this? (laughs) Slides it across your desk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, Ben was just a guy I wanted to work with and he wanted to work with me. And it's funny because the management at the time wanted anything but Ben and I, they trotted out like 55 different people to try out for that show and none of it hit. And Ben didn't want to do it. They kept trying to do like former hockey players, former journalists, former this, former that current, this like more of a name, something that was splashy. And I get it because 
I was a producer, but it, again, it, it sort of pissed me off because to me it was ways of doing things from the past, which was, Hey, we don't really put producers on air. And I'm like, that's not true. Strombo worked as a producer at the fan. Jeff Merrick worked as a late night producer at the fan. Like yes. the tradition yeah. of that place actually used to be that it was somewhere where you could, you know, get your beak wet with media and then build something out and that they would support you. And they had this cool support culture. And it really wasn't like that when I was sort of coming up, it was very much like everybody trying to kind of keep everybody else down. And Ben wasn't one of those guys. And I think that's just an important message in media in general is if you find people that you vibe with and that you actually connect with and you think are good people and won't stab you in the back and will actually support you, not like Twitter support you where they, like a tweet or whatever, like someone who actually has your back, mm -hmm. you gotta just maintain those friendships, those relationships. And for Ben, he was the real deal. Like he had my back day one, he wanted to do the show and our entire vision was doing a radio show that sounded like a podcast. Like that's all we wanted to do with good show was radio sucks. The whole stop set thing. We didn't want to do that anymore. We wanted to do like big, long interviews with people when we had them. And we wanted to do it in a way that wasn't just like, question, answer, question, answer. And I still piss people off with that style because people go, you're so long-winded, just ask the question. I'm like, why? I didn't just get into this to ask somebody a question. I got into this so I could give some opinions and so I could screw around my friend and treat it like I do, like when all of us are probably watching sports with our friends, which yeah. is you throw out some, take some time to troll your buddy. You throw it, it takes some times to be funny. You throw it, it takes some times because you're mad watching sports because it's supposed to be a healthy place where you funnel anxiety and whatever bullshit. It's not supposed to be serious. It's supposed wow. to just be fun. And I think that we kind of lost it a little bit with this whole, like everything is either a journalist or everything is so serious and sports kind of get, I don't know, just lost a little bit with the online culture. Cause it's always like yep. so, so toxic and argumentative. And if it's not that, like you got one, you got one of two paths, basically. It's like, mm. you can either be, a person who is willing to just get absolutely murdered online constantly and people are just, you know, ripping on you. Or it's, I find it's even worse the opposite way where it's the constant positive person who's like, this is great. This is per positive, positive. Don't be negative. Don't be negative. I'm like, what are you doing? Like sports are fun to be negative about sometimes. It's fun to say somebody sucks. They're too afraid to take a hit. Yeah, it's it's fun. Like these guys are getting paid millions of dollars. This is what it's all about is you get to be pissed and then yeah. realize just have some realization that what you're doing, the actual games themselves don't matter, but everything around it does. Like we're all sitting here meeting each other for the first time because sports. Yeah. And, like that's pretty Absolutely. sweet. That's so cool, man. You know, I'll, I'll drink to that. That's amazing. Yeah, like, cheers to that. <laughs> that's sports, mm -hmm. man. like connection. What an easy way. Absolutely, man. Couldn't ben agree more. Do that. Ben and I just wanted to have a show that was two guys talking and two guys treating it like it was, just conversational and that it didn't feel like a show that you were just getting to hang out with us as we did all of our own bullshit. Like mm -hmm. I was joking. I did Ben's show the other day. Cause now he's a drive time host. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Ben's now co-hosting with Steven Brunt, which is yeah. so fucked up because we would just always make jokes. Like Brunt is actually someone where uh, I revere him, you know, like he's like a guy. I see Steven Brunt. And I'm like, Holy shit. Even still, I'm like Steven fucking Brunt. Wow. Jesus, man. 
like Ron. <laughs> and Ben works with them. And we used to always joke and have this bit. I know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, our colleague, Stephen Brunt, because it was so absurd that we worked in the same <laughs> building as him, you know, like that paychecks from the same place. And now he's actually his co-host. But I was wow. on with them and yeah, we were just kind of same old thing, like shooting the shit. And we were going over how we would come up with shows. And normally it was just off of, I'd be watching a game. I'd send him horrible takes that I'd be mm-hmm. like, this, is stupid, this, this, this. And he'd be like, that's dumb. Here's why this is dumb. This is why I hate that. Or there's yeah. something to that. And then we just go do that on the air. And then as soon as we would know that something was worth being a bit, it was like, shut the fuck up. Let's not talk about this anymore. Just don't talk to me. Let's talk about it later on the show. You want you don't want to lose that cohesiveness. That's like we mm-hmm. we have that happen here all the time where it's just like and we I mean, I can draw a lot of similarities between like our relationships here, even doing this show and just talking to people that you want to talk sports to about. And that's how this podcast started. Uh, but like sometimes like Jesse and I will be up late watching whatever late Lakers game or what have you and uh, coming up with just different things that we can talk about on the show. But it's like you don't want to. You don't want to work you it out spoil too much. You don't want to exhaust it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then and then try and capture lightning in a bottle twice can be tough. So it's it's finding that sort of happy ground. It's it's a fine line. It's a fine line. Yeah. I find that like that is one of the good things about uh, texting is just you can put a couple things in a text and the other person can reply with it, and it yeah. doesn't burn up the conversation too much. It's sort of just that acknowledgement though that sometimes. And I think, again, this comes from reps to get back to what we're talking about is mm-hmm. you, you do those reps so that you can sort of flesh out when something is a bit, again, just like you doing comedy is yep. I'm sure you've gotten ideas before that you thought were so funny and you're like, God, this is a really great idea. And yeah. then you, you had to take time to realize sometimes like, Hey, I actually have to abandon this now, you know, like this, this isn't what I wanted it to be. But earlier on in my career, I probably would have stuck with this longer. And now, because I've done more material, I know when to bail on something, too. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing with kind of figuring out what you're going to do for your podcast and what you're going to talk about. Yeah. Is there's going to be times where you realize, oh, shit, this really hit and this was really good and we had a great conversation off of it. And then there's other times where you're going to be texting with somebody. It might seem good in the moment. You start it up and you go, you know what? This just isn't it. Let's pivot off. Let's not just like waste our time on it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try anything twice, but you know, if uh, there's times where I've worked on a bit and it just hasn't it hasn't hit quite the same time that I, I or quite the same way I wanted it to, uh, so you put it to rest. Uh, but then sometimes I recycle through or I, I go through some of my older uh, bits that I have written down in my notes or my phone, and uh, I'm just like, oh yeah, that that did have a little bit of life. I had some legs, and you have a new perspective on it, and then you try and work it in uh, just with the with different eyes on it. So um, again, yeah, I, I I hear everything you're saying here. I'll do the same thing sometimes because, like, every once in a while you'll be with a friend or you'll be with some girl or something, and it's like you'll you'll think of something funny, and I'll write it down and I'll be like, oh, that actually kind of killed with my friend group or that kind of killed with this girl or whatever. It's killed. And we write it down, try to repurpose it a little bit for a show, and try to turn it into a bit, and it's just it it never works for me. (laughs) (laughs) It has to be off the cuff for me, or it just doesn't work. Whenever I try to turn it and spin it, yeah. So I was thinking the other day, I'm like, okay, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's sometimes it's just a one and done. 
Um, well, I mean, I, I definitely now, now that we have you here, like I, I got we got to get into you know what's going on in the world of sports. So we'll kind of try, try and paint a little bit more with broader strokes and, and look at sort of the season as a whole. You know, even when it comes to our Raptors and it comes to our Leafs. So let's start off with a little bit of hockey. Um, and this is something this has been kind of you know what we've been chatting about over the course of the last couple of weeks. But when it comes to the Eastern Conference and just the way everything's kind of shaping up right now, uh, even for the Leafs and, and, you know, the eight teams that we're kind of looking at going into the playoffs, you know, as as because now at this point, we kind of know who's who and what's what. Um, do you see much more of a shift going on in the Eastern Conference playoffs or is this or Eastern Conference or is this what we're kind of looking for going into the playoffs? So this is something I was actually thinking about today. Like, yeah. Because the Leafs are they're, they're blowing these leads, right? And everybody's freaking out and everybody's pissed off. And Sheldon Keefe just smoked his team. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I I loved it. I actually love Keefe. I think that he's just, he's the kind of guy that I get it, where they're blunt and they're attention to detail guys and they're assholes. And they're, they're kind of like, they're not the best at filtering the feeling. But I'd mm-hmm. rather have that guy, you know, than someone who's the sugar coder and who's sweet to your face, but behind their back, they're motherfucking you. Like, you know where you stand with that guy, which I really like. So we'll kind of get all upset that he roasted them when they've won like six of their last 10. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's sweet. Did you guys watch the Amazon series? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Remember that scene with Joe Thornton where Sheldon Keefe has the leadership meeting and he's like, guys, I'm noticing some bad habits. And Joe's like, we're first in the division. And he's just like, kind of like, I don't care. Like that doesn't matter meeting. And I'm like, you fucked it. You fucked it. This guy was trying to tell you something of significance. Yeah. And turned it into a joke. And I hope that when Keith says this shit to this team, that some of it rings true. And they realize like, Hey, ultimately the team is the team. There's not going to be some massive overhaul trade. They're not going to change really who they are complexion wise or standing wise that drastically. Like, they might go up a little bit. They might go down a bit. Who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. they even finish first and they don't end up with the nightmare matchup. But here's the most likely scenario. You're going to be in a first-round playoff matchup against, like, the Bruins, the Panthers, or the Lightning. Like That's it. Fuck. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. It's like, how how can you even envision a path out of the first round yet again, you know, if you're facing any of those guys? This is it, though. You have to yeah. fucking believe that... This, this was all worth it. You can beat those teams. Like, I really do believe that they can beat those teams. Boston still, in a way, scares me because I actually think that it's it's like, you know, you ever have uh, something from, like, I don't know. Like, you ever have a joke that got, got to you one time? Like, that you're like, oh, fuck. And then your friend knows, like, that's your trigger point, And they can just cut right through all the shit and they get you. Or you're yeah, like, yeah. I'm such a sensitive bitch. Oh like, yeah, you know, they got you. They got you. Just I feel like the Bruins are that to the Leafs. They're just oh, yeah. got them by the muzzle. Got yeah. by the muzzle. Yeah, like yeah, they, it just cuts right through. It just comes yeah. right through, and you know, it's like it's a low blow. <laughs> but they, yeah, they, they oh, use that card. It's like that's the Bruins. That's the Bruins. Bruins. Yeah, I think they could beat the Panthers. I honestly even think that they could beat the Lightning. Like they're that caliber of a team that when they put it all together, they can do it. Right? Like mm-hmm. it kind of. They blew these leads and they didn't have Marner and they still beat Vegas. They still won against Colorado. Not really because it's the shootout and so whatever. However you feel about that stuff. Either way, you hung with them. You got a lead against them. You were in their barn. You played well. And then St. Louis, one of the best home teams, same thing. They had a resilient win and they beat them. So, like, I actually do think the Leafs can win. It's just that what sucks about hockey is 
Well, a couple things. One is that divisional breakdown of just, you know, they're stuck. It's like the Blue Jays thing with the AL East where you're like, well, fuck, we're really good, but this keeps happening. So it's not an excuse, but it is a reality. Like we should at least acknowledge that if the Leafs were in the Pacific, they would have gotten out of the first round one of these last couple of years. Like, duh. But the other part of it is just like hockey is such a fucking coin toss game where one thing happens and it breaks you, right? Like, the Leafs yeah. had one saucer pass from Alex fucking Galchenyuk of all people, like a Montreal Canadiens blowout loser pick from half a decade ago, shows up on the team, gets hot at the right time, ends up in an overtime and puts a fucking horrific pass pizza in the middle of the ice and it breaks you. And your captain took a weird knee from something like we try to make yeah. sense of sports sometimes. And the more I watch it and the older I get, I'm like, this is so fucking dumb that we watch this game. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah, no random shit. sometimes. Well, it is. It it's is. just like, at least with yeah. baseball, it's the sample size sport where you watch it over 162 games and the teams that get there, like, you have to be good. You don't fluke into getting in the playoffs. No. Hockey, they let over half the league into the playoffs. And then they're like, oh, fucking bounce happened. You're out. It's like, yeah. what? We've <laughs> been cultivating. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been, they haven't won a fucking playoff matchup since I was in high school. And some yeah, of that have been horrible. But now some of these series are just like bad breaks, just like some bad breaks. But so I think they can hang with these teams. I don't yeah. think that we're going to learn anything new, though, throughout the regular season. Like, no, no, it's it's all practice reps. And that's why everybody's so pissy right now with these blown leads is because it's just bringing up the fucking ghosts of the past. It's just making everybody think about what could happen in the playoffs, right? It's like they've won six of their last 10 games. It's really not that big of a deal. They've blown a couple leads. It's January. Who gives a fuck? But yeah. really, it's just every Leaf fan's like, you don't know what I've been through, man. And that yeah. coaching staff is like, <laughs> I do. Oh, there is. Yeah. With it too. And those players are like, we get it too. And they're all just stressed the fuck out because they know that if this shit happens again, it's going to be nuclear. Like, it's going to be yeah. a complete meltdown. Think about how toxic it was during the offseason this year. Oh, like, yeah, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, dude. Mitch Marner should have just deleted his Instagram, honestly. Yeah. Fuck, man. Like, That's tough. There's a chronic that dark guy's little aura. fucking nerdy Twitch streams where like he's just there, he's like, oh, playing this game. And just like, fuck, <laughs> fuck one Mitch. And he's just like, Ugh. <laughs> 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 just I, like, I picture him just like curled up in a ball, just scrolling yeah, on his phone. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Anime. These guys all look. Like we all look. We can't help it. Like <laughs> fucking guys who message me who are just haters. Who are just yeah. haters. And I know it. And they'll send me DMs. And I'm such a sick fuck, I'll still read it. I'll be like, God, he's right. I am a fucking pathetic fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but you thrive off of it, though. You can't help it. So you know these guys read everything. I just, I don't know. I don't know how the organization could possibly stick with Dubas and Shanahan and, you know, the core group if they lose this year in the first round or if they do it that way. And yeah. so I think that, yeah, it just it gets everybody's anxieties pumping and flowing when they're blowing games. But, like, again... Who gives a shit what they do in the regular season? As long as they make the yeah. playoffs, as long as they win a round. And I think a lot of people believe that it's like, hey, if you can win one round, you're going to do it against a really good team. And that might just harden that group's belief to say, hey, actually, we can win this whole thing. And, yeah, and why could be enough. Yeah. yeah, They have so much talent. Like, they really do. You watch their team. Watch some of the other teams in hockey night in, night out. Like, they don't have mm-hmm. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander and John Tavares. Like, Morgan Riley. You go down the line, the way Jack Campbell's played this year – like the blue line is the real sore spot. 
But yeah. that's, again, just a shitty byproduct of hockey. Another reason why this sport is dumb is they put in this hard cap where, like, why would Toronto and Arizona <laughs> be on even footing? Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, just do the NBA thing where you have the soft cap luxury tax yeah. and let teams with money spend. Especially since right now, all these players, like, they owe all this money back to the NHL with the pandemic. And still, the league prioritizes fixed costs and growing markets in places where hockey's never going to grow. I was just down in Florida. Guess what? Like, they don't give a shit. <laughs> they don't care. I was no. in Miami, and they're like, oh, Canada, hey, you're, you like hockey? I'm like, yeah. Like, oh, what's our team called? Again? Like, and yeah. I think you got two, actually. We have I'm pretty one. sure Kodak Black didn't even know he was at a Panthers game. his fucking mind. It's the first time he's ever seen hockey. <laughs> 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 Oh man, that's too funny. Yeah, no kidding. Well, um, I mean, so I, I obviously like we're just we're still in the middle of the season. Like we're approaching at a halfway point, but you know, trade trade deadline is coming up. Is there anything that the Leafs are? Do you think they're going to stay stand pat at the at the trade deadline? Is there anything that you think that could actually uh, maybe you know put them a little bit closer to some of the competition that we have in our division? If it's me and I'm Dubis, um, I'm all in. Like, yeah. If, if somebody's gonna give me something, these are the gotta give so. long term assets. I don't care. Yeah. Like, you just look at the salary structure of this team, and oh, Kasha yeah. is on there making a million bucks. Mikheyev's on there making a million bucks. Uh, Jack Campbell's making a little over a million. Right? You've got mm-hmm. all these contracts that dudes are gonna get paid out of when they when they expire. And that's yeah, this yep. year. I think Spezza, one of the sneaky, like shitty things about this stretch, and I hate to say it about the guy, but he's starting to look stiff. Mm-hmm. And he's been super important for them in the playoffs the last couple of years. And of thank God Simmons looks good. Basically, Simmons totally revamped his body during the offseason and he treated it differently. He's not fighting as much. He's not playing as physical. He's he's going back to a little bit more Simmons skill that's working for them. But they they just have a lot of deals because everyone focuses on the big money ones. But oh yeah. You only have two more years left of Matthews after this. Like, two more years yeah. left of Matthews. And I don't think he's going to leave because I think he loves being a star and I think he loves being the face of Toronto hockey. And as long as he gets paid big bucks, he gets to live in a massive city where they care about the game. And then during the summer, whatever, go back to Arizona, go back to LA, do your thing, screw around. Yeah. But if this shit show happens like this two more years, then you're starting to sweat it. Like they lose this year and then they lose next year. And it's just a circus and new GM and new this, and they're all capped out and they're starting to talk about trading guys and bringing in new faces. Maybe, maybe he does want to go get a fresh start somewhere else. I'd be yeah. at least a little bit more worried about it. So two more years left to Matthews after this, a bunch of team friendly contracts that are this year ending. And that mm-hmm. next year you're going to have to figure out like, how do you replace Jack Campbell's money? You got to pay him at least 5 million bucks. He's not taking four. No He's going to want as much term as he possibly can, right? The Morgan Riley money kicks in. It's just it's gonna. It's not going to get easier for these guys. The cap's not no. going up. There, there's no people at uh, like fuck, at Scotiabank. There's just nobody yeah. there. So they're not going to increase this thing. The Leafs are the number one driver for the NHL. They make them three million bucks a game for the NHL. Three million bucks a game. Insane. Yeah. Every time they play with no fans, so cap's not going up. It's staying flat. It's only going to get harder. If you can find moves where you get better for long assets, you do it because this core is supposed to be worth it. But I just, I don't know what the, what that's going to be. Cause like, I look at the roster and I'm like, okay, what trade chips could you use? 
First round pick. Well, that doesn't give you any salary cap space. Lilligren, he's making nothing. You're not trading Sandine right now. You need that guy for the future in terms of, again, cap space, cheap contract. He could be an absolute stud. So what are you doing? Like, who are you trading off this roster? You're not moving Muzzin. You can't get off that money. And plus, it tells your team, like, the opposite message, which is trading a leader in the middle of the season. Kerfoot is the one guy that we always thought was circling him and getting ready to dump him. I still think maybe you do. I think that fans are kind of overrating him a little bit this season, not to make it seem like he hasn't deserved the credit. It's just they paid him that money to be a center, and he's not that. And I would say that I'm trying to find a little bit of financial wiggle room by finding someone cheaper to play next to Nylander and to John Tavares. And maybe that's caution now, too, because you saw that third line the other night. They were buzzing. They looked good. I think you can get by with Engvall and with uh, with Mikheyev and uh, Camp. I think that line works. So maybe you do ship out a Kerfoot. Maybe you use a first-round pick. Maybe you dr- like move a Lilligren. But I think we're talking about a depth defenseman here, like somebody that can come in and kill penalties and be tougher to play against and make them feel like there's someone back there that's going to lay the lumber and put a stick in somebody's spine if they stand in front of the net for too long, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't think that there's some major overhaul move coming here because I just don't see no. how they can even make that happen. So it's nice to talk about those picks and those prospects. And I don't care if they trade Rodion Amarov. Like, I love when Leaf fans give a shit about that guy. They're like, he's doing great in the KHL. I'm like, you think you're going to live forever? Fucking trade him. Like, win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no shit. Yeah. In this moment. Um, so I don't care what they trade. I don't care really what they get rid of long-term. You gotta, you gotta try to win with this core. You gotta try to win with these contracts. It's, it's, it's sneaky desperation time. Like, I don't care that Matthews and these guys are those ages. It's, it's not just the fans that are feeling this. Like it's, it's the organization. It's the players. It's everybody. It's the players too. Yeah. 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 I think even having someone in that locker room that, you know, maybe they're not a offensive star, but they're, you know, when the chips are down, just have that guy that's like, enough of this shit like we can't do this anymore and just kick their ass a little bit you know you know what the problem is though is that every team wants those guys yeah, oh, yeah. So they're valuable and and then it's like i just said over half the teams in the nhl make the playoffs so you end up going oh are the leafs gonna get someone like that from arizona like what the fuck do they know about winning like ottawa like think about the teams yeah. that are always out of it that are sellers at this point of the year right yeah so and again, hockey is dumb because you can get into the playoffs and you can go to the Stanley Cup and be the Montreal Canadians. Like, Montreal should have sold off. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, though, like, they should have sold pieces and they should have been like, we're not trying to get into the playoffs. Who cares about this? I know it was North Division, yeah. but like, normal year. Why would, you, why would an eight seed really care about making a hard playoff push in another league? Like the NBA, yeah. that's the one place you don't want to be. Yeah, that's hell. Smoked out in round one, and then you don't get a good draft pick. And it's the same with hockey, where I'm like, you're going to trade pieces to try to get in the playoffs? Well, yeah, because you can actually beat the one seed. You can be the Columbus Blue Jackets and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have record-setting year, and you yeah. can come in round one. Very much a possibility. It, and it's worth it. So it's just it's hard to make these trades. It's hard to find those trade partners, those teams that have those guys and then whenever they are available, you end up having to pay through the. They're expensive. Road. Look at Nick oh Felino last year. How much oh. did they give up for him? Oh. He played on one leg, and now you're out. Picks for a guy with one. Yeah, leg, you know. Yeah, and, and I and I won't say anything bad about Nick. Like he's actually the best. Like I yeah. love that. Yeah, guy. and I like the trade. Actually, he's know, perfect same. type he of guy you want for a push, right? But yeah, I mean, but it's expensive to go out. get guys like that. Yeah. But here's the thing: I think that they should be doing that kind of a trade again. Is what I'm saying. 
Like yeah, if a first yeah. round pick comes up and you get a Nick Felino type player, I'm not shying away from that deal just because that one didn't work out. I'm doubling down and I'm going, yeah, but uh, the the principle, the, the, the process was correct. Like mm-hmm. it's not always about the result. It's like, hey, you, did you do things the right way? Yes. Yeah. So then let's just keep doing it that way. Like, don't change your mind just because one bad thing happens, right? Like, you go all in with pocket aces, you get beat by, like, 2-7. doesn't mean you're not going to not do that the next time. Like, you're an idiot if you just yeah. think that that's what's going to happen. So, no, just keep keep sticking with that process of trying to add those guys. I just, I'm just i just skeptical if they're going to be able to do it. That's that natural Leafs pessimism in you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. blame me. I love when people do that. They're like, you're so negative. I'm like, fuck you. I was in high yeah. school when they won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, every reason like, for high school when they won a playoff series. I haven't been alive. Literally, you'd have to stack my lives on top of each other to get me to a cup. Like, fuck you. I don't yeah. care what you have to say about negativity. Yeah, and the players feel it. I swear. They they have that same attitude, and you see it every yeah. fucking like first round. It's just kind of like head. everything to lose, nothing to gain, almost. Which is what it's sucks. It's tough. Which is it's what tough. sucks is that yep. I really do think that eats guys up. It does. I really do. I, I think that it eventually gets to people, and um, yeah, you just get sick of shit. Like you really do. You can get tired of things, whether it's the media coverage, whether it's the pressure of a hundred years on your back, like. Yeah. The only Especially thing Especially young players that's fucking mm-hmm. ways up. No, and I think it's shifting a little bit too, which scares me a little bit more, which is maybe this ends up being a good thing where guys don't care about the history of the team so much and so they're not as concerned about the ghosts of the past. Yeah. But I really not to play the old guy card, but I wonder sometimes if there's as many hockey players coming up that care of as much about just being hockey players as before. Like guys care about what they are on Instagram. They care about their fashion line and that's fine. Like, cool. I don't really care what you do, but even just think about Sid and Ovi. Like you think Sid wants to be anything other than the best player. You think Ovechkin wanted to be anything other than like the number one goal scorer. Like, what do you guys know about those guys other than they love hockey? <laughs> like, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah. now, now like a lot of the guys coming up, you l- <sighs> They have other interests, let's just say. It's a yeah, new they generation. Have, they're their own brand, right? Yeah, it's you got awesome. the young yeah. boys ripping around with Bieber and stuff. Like, they lose a hockey game, and they're like, yeah, I'm a millionaire. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then they go do millionaire shit, and they don't really Off care. Like, yeah. I think that it haunts some other guys. Like, I think, for example, like, John Tavares, there's nothing other than probably being a dad and being a hockey player that he cares about. Although he did that roots ad, ooh, it's so fancy. It's so John. He's trying to get on the Olympic team. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll wear the purse. I'll wear. The purse. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. It was a great purse. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> no, I totally agree with that. Well, um, I, I mean, I, I also just want to kind of switch gears here and, and kick it over to Ball as well because um, I, I know you're huge in the Ball and uh, you know just looking at you know everything the Raptors are actually doing right now. Um, you know Fred VanVleet making his All Star case, even Pascal Siakam playing like a fucking maniac right now, like he's just exploding. It's back to the Pascal that we that we've been waiting for. Um, do we do we think that we're making a push for actual for an actual playoff seed, uh, or are we going to be one of those play in tournament teams? And uh, how do you think that we're going to fare? So they're a weird team because, like, would you guys agree that all the players that matter have been pleasant surprises this year? Like Siakam, Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, OG, Gary Trent. Uh, Gary Trent, like yeah. as we've been talking about, is probably one of the biggest surprises and how how amazing his defense is. 
Right. But with Trent, my only thing is like, he's on a two year contract. So next year he's got an expiring deal and I'm not sure he's a core piece because then you got to pay him big bucks. And what this kind of gets me back to is everyone has played well this year. It's been really positive from the standpoint of development, Mm -hmm. but they're capped out. And part of that is the Dragic deal. So that comes off the books, whatever, but they're capped out team right now. And they're a game under 500. The bench sucks. You can get a better bench, but what does that really tell you about this team? Like, I think that they have to figure out whether or not the development from this year is going to turn into like a significant amount more soon with Barnes and OG because Fred and Pascal are in their primes. Like those two guys are there right now. That's, this is as good as it's ever going to get for either of those guys. Like there's no more upward development for Fred. Like he's going to, He's never going to turn into Chris Paul, right? Like he's going to be this, which is awesome, which is really, really good. It's an all-star. Yeah. Siakam right now to me is playing like their best player over his last 10, 12 games. He's, this is the best basketball he's playing of his entire career. Like he's unlocked playmaking, whatever. Oh yeah. Still, they're losing games. Like they just lost to the Pistons. They, I know they beat the Bucks, but they lost the Mavs. Like they're one loss to the heat. So do you roll this back next year with that group and say, we want to see one more year of development and then hopefully they're more healthy. Hopefully there's a bench around them. I think that's more the play. Like this year to me is, is pretty irrelevant. They don't have a bench and they can't get by. Like they're playing six guys a night. They they played Justin Champagne, like 15 minutes, seven guys. It's insane. You don't see that in the NBA. Like that's not a thing. That's a playoff thing. That's not a regular season thing. No. So they don't have the depth. They don't have the health. They don't have, uh, just enough firepower to get it done in the postseason. So I don't mind them going to the playoffs. I think that they will. Like if you just look at the teams below them, they nobody should be wanting them to tank or trade pieces because they'll never be able to be bad enough to tank. You should be rooting for playoffs and just see them that way because look what's below them. Go look at the Western Conference. Like it's a dog's breakfast, right? And everybody yeah. below them in the East is is no one's coming up there, right? Like Maybe you get jumped by the Knicks, but like, look at the standings. No, no I, I am. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. everything is just super jumbled close. Up. I mean, yeah. like, if you're looking anywhere between uh, the 76ers, Cavs, um, I mean, between, between the Hornets and, you know, the Atlanta, you're looking at three games, and that's like a handful of teams. So, yeah. Exactly. So I think you're rooting for the team to make the playoffs and the team to kind it back to earlier, get reps, get some reps. Get some playoff minutes, play in a playoff atmosphere. Let Scotty Barnes feel what it's like when he has more responsibility because defenses are keying in on Pascal. Let him try to hit a three in the playoffs. Let OG work that new offense into a playoff series. Let some of those bench pieces that are going to be forced to play the odd night feel that. Give mm-hmm. them higher quality reps so that Sayu Jerry, Bobby Webster, and Nick Nurse can suss out a little bit, get more information on what they have. That's all you want right now is like, this is a fact finding mission. You're not winning a championship. You're not going to go into the playoffs and beat a healthy Brooklyn Nets team or a healthy Bucks team over seven games. Like it's just not going to happen. So to me, it's like, yeah, you got to find the positives in being a good basketball team that has really good pieces. That's probably going to be a tough out for somebody, but ultimately just doesn't have it quite there. Next year is going to be the like pressure season where if it, if you build a bench around those guys and you realize that the timelines don't match up, to me, you might have to pick a timeline. You might have to invest in Van Vliet, Siakam, Scotty Barnes, and say we might flip OG for something else. Or yeah. you might have to invest in the younger timeline and move a Siakam 
or God forbid, even a Fred and say to yourself, like, we're not good enough. So why are we not trying to maximize this piece? The good, like weirdly to me, like the best news is you have flexibility. You don't have to be anything, right? Like we're talking about the Leafs. We're like, no, they have to be all in. They have to give up those first round picks. Like there's no choice. If you get presented that opportunity, they got you over a barrel. If there's another superstar that becomes available in a trade, all of a sudden you have all these different pieces and all these different assets that might really be attractive to other organizations. Like your future first round picks and OG and OB, like those, that's not going to get trumped by too many places. Right. No. No. Conversely, you might end up looking at it the other way and saying, Hey, if we do want to sell off and we do want to collect assets and build around Scotty and OG, you have legitimate pieces in Siakam. Like that could bring you back a whole shit ton of young future stuff to build guys long-term. So I, I kind of just, I, I like where the Raptors are at. I'm just sort of enjoying the ride right now and, and watching those four guys play and realizing like that hopefully they can just get in the playoffs and then be, you know, a fun team, maybe get an upset, maybe go to the second round, something like that. But yeah. my expectations aren't through the roof with them. And that that's kind of like a comforting thing. It is. It is great to kind of watch them, uh, you know, build on what they have right now. I mean, like, you know, it is, it is fun, especially just seeing Scotty already just getting those kinds of minutes that he is. And, um, you know, I, so I guess by what you're saying is that, that they're probably not going to make any sort of moves at the deadline because you look at teams that are, you know, looking to, potentially unload like look at indiana for example they want to get rid of levert sabonis and turner so is that something that the raptors maybe look as or do any of those pieces even make sense for uh for the future i so to me it's like i'd rather have the guys the raptors have yeah and yeah. they don't have the contracts to make that and like indiana is not going to do sabonis for the dragic contract and you know a bunch of future first round picks in malachi flint like they they need a bona fide piece back for somebody like that right so and if you're the Raptors, are you going to, again, like they're the same company, like MLSE, who's not making any money right now. Are you going to go into the luxury tax in a season so that you can get Harris Levert and probably still lose in the first round? Like yeah. in potentially no fans or 50% fans? I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like business-wise that they're going to do that. And I know people hate to hear that, and I hate it too. I wish that they would just do But I'm just looking at it from a realistic standpoint of you you got to sell this to people. So mm-hmm. I just – I don't think that – again, I don't think they've learned enough around the core to say we're going to make a huge, flashy move that requires us giving up future first-round picks where three years from now we could be looking at a draft where the team sucks for some reason. And then the Raptors are picking fifth overall, but Indiana has their pick. Like that's a nightmare, especially for Toronto, oh, right? God, like, yeah. if you do that if you're the Lakers, <laughs> you're like, Oh, who cares? Trade first round picks because we're going to be able to attract people to play in Los Angeles and be a Laker someday. It's yeah. people in Toronto have to realize like, you don't get that same flexibility with those things because you're not, uh, you're not acquiring players through free agency and if you are, it's like you got Hey Do Turkaloo, you know? Congrats. Yeah. Damari Carroll, welcome to Toronto. <laughs> right. right. Damari Carroll, right? Like, it's just like those are the free agents you're getting. So you got to be careful with picks. To me, it's like you're, you're not going out and getting somebody like that unless Masai Ujiri or Bobby Webster view it as okay, there's somebody on a team like those guys. One of them is a super duper star that's going to get unlocked by our team. And if we can get them here, we're doing it now. Because we don't want to get beat to the punch with somebody. But I doubt that's the case. Like, I just don't think that 
I think you are who you are in the NBA more. Like it's not like baseball where, you know, there's a prospect in an organization where you go, Oh, actually we think that this guy, if he gets here, we can turn his arm into something. We can change his delivery, his mechanics. It's, it's like a different coaching staff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Karis Levert, Karis Levert. Like, you know, yeah. he's going to come in your team. He'll be good, but he's not going to elevate your team into a contender. So I'm avoiding that stuff. I just, I prefer keeping bullets in the chamber and keeping as many assets as you can in case something big materializes like the Kawhi trade where all of a sudden something's out there and you can say, well, look at all the things we have. We have a ton of flexibility. Yeah. I think, I think that they'll do at the deadline. I think that they should dump Chris Boucher and get pieces back because he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. And if you can get like a real significant future piece, I'm doing that over riding out the year with Boucher and then like maybe not paying him or overpaying him. When he's mm-hmm. not really a skill set that you need, um, I won't hate it if they keep him. But that's probably what I'd be doing. If you if you can get something for Boucher, I'd be shopping him. And you're hoping that that Goran Dragic contract can be used as uh, we're throwing this tr- like expiring contract in a deal that helps facilitate a three way trade, and we pick up like a little piece here or there, or we're flipping Malachi Flynn for another first round bust that we're gonna take in, and you take our bust, we'll take your bust. It's like the Blake. Yeah. Bill- and challenge trades so i could see them doing stuff but i don't think it's going to be anything where we go like holy shit the raptors have completely changed the trajectory of the organization it's like they're going to do stuff around the fringes that that helps them be in a better spot for next year absolutely and you know i i i like to fantasize i like to think that you know hey you know maybe we'll get a center that could actually shoot maybe we'll go after a miles turner or something like that something that could fit into our into our squad but uh, again you do have to think about the future a bit more than just right now because we don't really have a legitimate shot at winning this year i mean as much as you want to sugarcoat it this this is like you said this is just kind of like them trying to still figure themselves out and get that Get that sort of camaraderie within the team and and, and working together, and uh, and then next year is really where it comes down to crunch time. It's Masai too, right? Like Masai yeah. wants to win. Masai doesn't want to just get in the playoffs. Like that's not his thing. He's not that GM. The Raptors are no longer like the old Raptors where it was get in the playoffs and make it to. A, remember when the goal was make it to the finals? That would be amazing. Like just make it to the final. We know we'll lose to the Warriors, but wow, what it would be to make it to the finals and beat LeBron? That used to be like oh, a, yeah, it's like not a Masai thing. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's just he's going to position them in a way where he thinks it's for like winning a championship. And the problem with the Miles Turner trade is like I like it too, but if you're getting Miles Turner, you're going to need to ask for OG. And it's like so you're going to give up a younger player who's got more cost control, who like is probably more valuable for a center who's having a career year and is hurt right now. Like yeah. Are you really that much better if you lose OG and bring in Miles mm-hmm. Turner? Maybe, maybe you win a couple more games this year, but then at the end of the season Miles Turner's up for a new contract a year from now, and you're going, the fuck did we just do? Like, what? Like, <laughs> really shot yourself in the foot. You better win when you make trades like that. Like, you got to win. Absolutely. Um, by the time this episode's going to be out, uh, the second round of the uh, NFL playoffs is going to be done. So, we'd like to kind of get your take on uh, where. Uh, what, where your head's at when it comes to Super Bowl predictions? I know you're into gambling. We all like to throw down a couple bucks every now and then. So, uh, uh, what what are some of your projections even for uh, Super Bowl? Um, going to be building any sort of prop bets, as I'm sure you are. Uh, care to share a little bit of that with us? So I like this. Now you tell me this because it's like 
this is the ultimate clown segment now, you know, like, <laughs> wow. I'm like, oh, I think the bills are going to ball. And it's like clown. You know? <laughs> we got to include some sort of uh, clown audio or something. Like clown. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> clown, clown, clown. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, cl- the clown car. Yeah, that's going on. So um, I I kind of think that the winner of the Packers Niners game is going to the Super Bowl, and oh. I I think that the winner of the Chiefs Bills game is going to the Super Bowl. So like normally you would say don't count out Tom Brady, but he's got two offensive linemen that are super banged up. Like I don't even think Tristan Wirfs is playing in that game. Maybe I'm wrong. Again, clown, mm-hmm. but. You're going from like your starting left tackle to a guy who's not very good and having a banged up center. Last week, Brady had less time in the pocket than any quarterback that week in the playoffs. And if he's 44 years old, like, or not if, like, if you have the 44 year old quarterback, I want to be able to protect him. And if they fall down in a game and all of a sudden there's Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller, yeah. I'm pretty scared that those guys can be able to get off and, and hit him and hit him hard. So if the Rams win that game, I don't think that the Rams are beating the Niners because Sean McVay is in is in Kyle Shanahan's pocket. Like he dominates yeah. the guy. for like, whatever reason. It's insane. I mean, I'm a huge Rams fan, they just and it scares them. me to see the Niners in in the playoffs. I, I want them. I want a chance of redemption. But um, oh, you say it, that now. Like, let me do the podcast then after you lose to them. And I'll be like, <laughs> <"How you feeling?" laughs> happily, yeah, how happily. does that clown me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, it fucking sucks, man. <laughs> I hate it. That's a wrap for our show today. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just like. I don't think that. I don't think the Rams are good enough to win a Super Bowl. Like, I just don't trust Matt Stafford. I think he's going to break you in a bad moment. And, like, I I, I just – that Robert Woods injury just hangs over everything where I'm like, that guy made so many plays. That guy was so important. And Beckham has been good. But it's like – you guys know that Simpsons reference? Like, uh, I only call you trash compared to Krusty. It's like, that's how I feel about (laughs) – uh, like Odell Beckham, where it's like, yeah, you you trust with fucking Baker, like you know, like, it's like everything you do outside of Baker is massive and it's a big story. So yeah, ultimately, I don't think that Odell is quite the same Odell, and I I don't know, I just I haven't really bought the Rams. I just think that they're out of the like out of the contender tier. I think that they're the most flawed. Like I just think that they have that Achilles heel of Matt Stafford and that. I don't. I don't think he's going to win you a Super Bowl, and I think at some point he's going to need you to, because that's what happens in the NFL. Like at some point, somebody's yeah. going to have to come through, and, and I don't see it for him. Um, I don't think that Tom Brady can do this if he's uh, if he's like, are you guys Stafford? Like, are you dick riding or what? Uh, I I'm a Stafford guy because I'm a Lions guy, and they're fucking brutal, and so I'm just followed uh, follow Stafford to L.A. because I'm happy for him because he doesn't have to suffer in Detroit. But I I truly don't think he has. He's got one playoff win in his career, so I'm not. I'm not right. jumping. I, I'm not putting my my money on them. I like I like San Fran. They're physical. Yeah, well, this is the they first the fucking ball. time I hear you say this shit. You got me on the Stafford train. Well, I'm cheering I- for him. I'm <laughs> cheering for him hard. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I know, realistic. I know. I know. I think Stafford is good. It's just that like he suffers from that because he played on such a bad team for so long that everyone like extrapolated that into if this guy was on a good team he'd be Peyton Manning. I'm like yeah. no, he's just. If he was that good, the Lions would have gotten there one year and one. Like, they would have done it one time. And the other part of Stafford, too, is, like, he gets beat up. You saw that hit he took last week where it was, like, and he's tough. Like, I actually respect Stafford. Oh, yeah. I think he's tough as nails. And, like, 
You compare him to Kyler in that game, who was terrified of getting hit, versus Stafford, who's standing in the pocket and wearing one on the ribs. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have my questions about how that guy's going to hold up too. Like this is another couple of weeks where he's going to take some big hits. He's going to have to deliver those throws. He's just a guy who I think he's going to become new Ben Roethlisberger in the sense of like, he's going to be in a walking boot like three times a season. And like at <laughs> halftime, we're going to be doing the, the oh, staff yeah. ready to come out. Like he's going to inherit that. <laughs> yeah. But That's brutal. I, 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 I'm worried about Tampa's <laughs> offensive line. I just think yeah. Tampa's the team that it like Baltimore in the regular season where they're just losing too many pieces. But yeah. it's like you lost Godwin, you lost AB, you lose in Tristan Wirfs, you lost Leonard Fournette. Like, I Wirfs love is a killer. Losing that's what Wirfs is killing. Wirfs is massive for them. All and of so, a sudden, you can't protect them. The pass rush gets to you, and you got a forty-four-year-old quarterback. You're fucked. Exactly. You're, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that, like, this to me reeks of the Niners, the way they're playing, the way that they own the Rams. They come out of that game. They got a whole lot of momentum. They're like Debo's hot. The offense is hot. The defense is clicking. They need obviously Bosa to be healthy and. That Fred Warner injury was huge. Like he's yep. writhing on yeah. the ground, and then he comes back in the game. I, I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening with him. Yeah, that's that's key for them. Those two guys are huge. Trying to get out of Lambo, they have to be held. Like it's got to be big for those two guys. But like at the end of this, I just sometimes I think we're overthinking it. Where I'm like, we're getting so excited about all these other teams, but ultimately, like you know what I watched all year long? Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams were unstoppable. Yep. And so it's like, stop that shit, Niners. Let's yeah. do it. Like, let's see you stop that shit. Let's see that Tampa. The thing that no one's talking about with Tampa, too, is like their defense sucked this year. They had one good game against Jalen Hurts, and everyone's like, oh, the defense is back. The defense was amazing last year. Remember how they just embarrassed Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. in that cheap O line? Yep. Like, they That's made the it. Chiefs overhaul their offensive line during the offseason because their defensive line just kicked the shit out of them. So, yeah, I just, I think like, are we really believing that it's not going to be Mahomes and Rodgers? Like, yeah, all right. Bills, get it done. You look great last week. but And maybe they can get this done. But if you're going to make me make a projection or a prediction, then I think that it's just a bit of an overthink to say that it's going to be teams that aren't the two best quarterbacks who have some of the yeah. best weapons, some of the best coaches, and now they have competent defenses. Like, I don't – who – like, let me just ask you guys this. Who do you think has the best defense left? I was thinking about this today. Like, who actually do you think has the best defense left? Do you, like, I, uh... you're supposed to say Buffalo, no? Well, like, but that's what I'm saying. I bet you if you guys all wrote down answers on papers, you'd all come back with, like, maybe different answers or two of you would have the same. Like, yeah. no one has a special defense. And so... Yeah, I was going to say, I had a reason why I couldn't pick them because of injuries or because yeah. of inconsistency. So it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. The best, yeah. like, there's best units... Like the Rams have the best star power on defense, like no sure. doubt about it. I think the Packers have the best secondary, right? Yeah. Niners, when they're healthy, have the best linebackers. Like it's it, you go through this thing. The the Chiefs have had a really good track record this year, but I don't really trust it. Still, I think that that was an inflated defense. The Bills, okay for sure, like really good secondary, really mm-hmm. really good safety play, but no Tre'Davious White. Gonna have yeah. to find somebody to cover Tyree Kill, somebody to cover Travis Kelsey this week. It just when it comes down to it, if I'm saying that nobody has a special defense and we're making this an offensive shootout between all these teams, then I'm gonna back Andy Reid and Mahomes because they're always there. And I'm gonna back Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur because they just had a bye. They're healthy yeah. and they've been kicking the shit out of everybody this year, like they've been covering spreads. So um yeah. Plus, man, what a sexy Super Bowl that would be. Like, just that Chiefs red versus that Packers green and white. Like, 
Just that like, was my that was my pick as well. Hey, hey, man, we the, aesthetic, the aesthetic of it is like, don't give me fucking some weird angles, you know? Like, or kind of, <laughs> <laughs> ugly yeah. fucking. Yeah. Like, nobody, we nobody didn't even, even venture over to that that match. Nobody even talking like, about the Titans, even though they won the AFC. Yeah, they got Derrick Henry though. It might run all over. People I was just gonna say that I do feel a little bit like. We could also see a Super Bowl where everyone's like, and everyone disrespected the Titans. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and now they'll remember. Their defense might have a case for best defense. Like their their yeah. offensive line or their defensive line with Jeffrey Simmons and like the way. Remember that Rams game? You watched it. You saw oh, them yeah. play the Rams. You saw them steamroll them. Like they can, get hot. they can get after the passer. Like they get running downhill. And you know what I like about Tannehill is like okay. he's not a stud. But Tannehill comes up with like one or two plays a game where he just breaks the other team late, where he makes one big scramble and he shows off the athlete and the broadcast goes, did you know he was a basketball player? And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 like, Let's go. He's good for Love those games. And like A.J. Brown is a stud. I could I could kind of see the Titans. But again, all this feels like an overthink. I'm like, Mahomes, yeah. Yeah. Rodgers. Yeah. Give, give me the sexy red versus green. Like, yeah, let's do it. Let's see it. Let's see those two guys go toe-to-toe. George, any other thoughts? It seems like across the board over here, um, except for Bird, I think you called a, a rematch between Tampa and uh, and the Chiefs. But um, what are your thoughts? Do you think uh, any other Super Bowl predictions? Who do you like overall? My thoughts? I just fucking hate Ryan Tanhill because I was a doll, bit a Dolphins fan for my whole life, and yeah, watching yeah. him succeed just makes me angry. I don't give a shit who wins at this point. Now but. Brian Flores, Brian Flores is <laughs> gonna go somewhere and just. Yeah. With his new team, oh for sure, develop a quarterback into a stud overnight. Brian Flores, a hundred percent. It's like I can see fifteen years from now, like the Belichick disciple. How Brian Flores won the sixth? Dude, yeah, Flores should. uh, He should. uh, First thing I available for the Bears. And I'm like, this. He's going to go somewhere and just turn a quarterback into a stud next year. Yeah, Flores and Justin Fields. I'm telling you. You're going to trade for Deshaun Watson and then they're going to throw him in jail like a week later. Oh, that's got Deshaun Watson. It's like prison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's officially in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So three first rounders down the drain with it. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. Really um, one more time. That was JD Bunkus on the show. JD, thank you so much yeah. for taking the time to uh, chat with us today. It was uh, it was our pleasure having you as well. Um, yeah, would uh, uh, would love to have you back. Would love to have you back at some point and uh, and circle back and, and I'll make uh, one thing up. though. I'll come back. Mm-hmm. George got to change his fucking avatar. He can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a full battery. Like, it's gonna be full battery. Okay, I'll No dead battery. Otherwise, fucking, I'm just ghosty. Oh. Otherwise, I leave you on red hard. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> I, have, I have so many people who've been like, "Do you know how many times I keep fucking checking my phone battery?" I this thing, it's, I, I'm, I'm happy. It was, it was an intentional troll move, and I'm happy. Yeah, I know. Did you keep changing your name? Like one minute, it's, one minute it's Ferrari, the next minute it's. Swan song, You're like what Swan the fuck song is this? George Jetson. Bullshit is this? I'm easy. I'm I'm trying to appear to be a psychotic person in Vancouver. Well, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> Just even your own friends are wondering about like you. My my, my Andy Kaufman attempt at, at disturbing <laughs> my friends and my family. 
Vancouver will do that to you. It's just too rainy and gloomy. Like that's that big, like a tough thing to do. It's like I'm going to show people I'm crazy. That's that's like the most achievable goal ever. Yeah, (laughs) super easy. Tons of like do the guys that seem crazy down in Vancouver in the streets look like wow? These guys really must have worked hard to be this crazy. Yeah, he He really gets into his role and goes to East Hastings. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) he's definitely going through a breakup. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I love it, boys. I'll definitely come back on. I had a blast. Absolutely. Cheers, brother. Really appreciate it. Hey, see you, fellas. This was great. Here, and that about does it. Episode 19 in the books. Done like dinner! Just like my dinner that is sitting on the counter getting cold, baby. Big fat (laughs) hog of a sub. Big fat hog of a sug getting nice and soggy for me. Um, man, that was fucking sick having JD. Like I mentioned, it was uh, it was a treat having him on the show. Uh, you know, just a ton of amazing insights. And it, you can't help but like side with some of the shit that he says because he's just so on point with a lot of the stuff that he's talking about. 100%. I, I couldn't even rebuttal some of the shit he said. I just put my feet up and drank three uh, three yups and enjoyed the conversation with him. <laughs> right. A I few mean, yups like, deep right now. Slurring here in the outro. He's just telling me the stuff that I don't want to hear about the Rams, but you know what? It, 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 I, you, you can't blame him. I mean, like, he's he's right with a lot of the things, you know, just even where the Raptors are heading and, uh, you know, just the future of the Leafs organization and that core. Um, definitely on point with a lot of that, but I, I really did enjoy a lot of the parallels that we have you know within comedy and within you know, within radio broadcasting as well so um it was definitely great to have him on the show moving forward moving forward boys we are approaching episode 20 look at that into the 20s um got some man. special things on the docket i think special things coming in the docket coming in hot down the gullet uh <laughs> We're gonna mix it up. We're we're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it fresh for you guys. We're not. Uh, we're not gonna share exactly what kind of format we got for this show. But we got we got some uh, we got some interesting treats for you uh, lined up. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors from Yacht Beer as well. Always keeping us very hydrated and tipsy. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're listening to the show, make sure you like, share, subscribe. You know, tell everybody about it. We we uh, we enjoy you guys uh, uh, enjoying us. I guess if you want to say. Uh, but yeah, for everyone on Down by Two, this is episode 19. Thank Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy. Cheers. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests the blue hotel hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story 
Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.